Welcome to the Doctor Connect Podcast, your one-stop destination on the groundbreaking intersection of your passion and career. Join us for insightful conversations to discover innovative ways to help you build wealth, amplify your brand, and find the ultimate fulfillment in your personal and professional life. Hosted by medical oncologist Dr. Luke Miller-Schaefer, each episode features impactful interviews with top physicians, business leaders, authors, and entrepreneurs. This podcast is your profitable, passion-fueled platform. To learn more or to connect with Dr. Schaefer, email info at thedrconnect.com. You can also follow her on social media. Visit thedrconnect.com and take an assessment to discover if you are in alignment with your passion and expertise. Now, please welcome your host, Dr. Ludmilla Schaefer. Welcome to the Dr. Connect Show the one-stop destination on the groundbreaking intersection of your passion and career. Join us on insightful discussions, inspired conversations on how to combine your passion, hobby, and expertise with your career, job, and create a lifelong fulfillment. Today, our episode on artificial intelligence and mental health. And our very special guest, Dr. Swapna Vaidya. She is an accomplished psychiatrist specializing in adult psychiatry and psychosomatic medicine with a strong dedication to women's health, collaborative care, psychiatry, and cutting-edge health technologies. She strives to assist patients with treatment-resistant mental health issues. Throughout her career, Dr. Vaidya has held leadership positions in academia and the private sector. She has contributed to research, trials, and published in uh, peer-reviewed academic journals. Dr. Vaidya has a book coming up called Artificial Intelligence in Medicine. It is a collaboration of 15 physicians of multiple specialties, and she is one of the distinguished authors. Let's welcome Dr. Swapna Vaidya. Thank you so much, Dr. Schaefer, for the kind invitation. I feel very privileged and honored to be on your show. And with that, can you tell us a little bit about your work, your expertise, and what you do? Of course, I will try to keep it very brief. So I'm a psychiatrist by training. I am dually both certified, and I have a varied clinical experience as well as leadership experience. Most recently, I have gotten involved in AI, and I am joining as the lead psychiatrist for Options MD, which is a startup digital health company. And we're looking into models for treatment-resistant depression with a focus on data analysis and AI. That's a lot of information. And uh, let's just dive in and uh, break into some points and learn a little bit. We know that it's a lot of confusing terminology around artificial intelligence. Right now, it's hard even to look on the phone, television, turn on the radio, anywhere, conversations, cafeteria, restaurants, everyone speaks about technology. And understanding of artificial intelligence, its components, and what exactly we're supposed to do about it, very confusing, and especially confusing when we are speaking about mental health, can you tell us what exactly your role, how do you see integrative technology actually changing mental health today? 
You know, Dr. Schaefer, that's a great question. And you touched on it. AI is the buzzword these days. So for me, integrated care technologies have the potential to revolutionize mental health care, such as early detection and prevention. We are looking at a phenomenal number of suicides right now, severe mental illness, which has been just exacerbated in this pandemic. So enabling personalized treatment plans, avoiding repeating failed treatments, doing remote monitoring, facilitating remote consultations with mental health professionals, making care more accessible, especially for those in the remote or unserved areas where doctors are not as many. And given this clinician shortage, I do feel that AI has a great potential in our field to prevent, to detect, and to offer personalized treatment plans and remote monitoring. And I do feel that we have just touched the tip of the iceberg in this. There is so much more to learn. This is an evolving field. It is. And uh, how many different aspects we have to cover and what are actually going to happen in the future, it's very difficult to predict. I think it's a lot of confusion around uh, artificial intelligence, tools, technology, and yet we really have to address how this help us in the future, what actually barriers, what other aspects. You know, right now we see that it's not easy to be psychiatrists or not easy to be physicians. I learned that it's one in five oncologists right now actually live in discipline. And uh, can you tell us, do you see the same in your field? Absolutely. Once again, you've touched on a very important subject. I see the physician drainage occurring. I see a lot of physicians retiring early. So mental health itself, it's a very complex landscape. So there are several barriers as such. First being stigma. People really don't want to come to see us if they can avoid us. But then even if they want to, we are not there. There is a shortage of clinicians, especially in places like India, where I'm from, you know, when I talk about the global issue here, there is significant stigma. So I feel that perhaps AI-enabled chatbots or maybe other models that are thoroughly vetted from an ethical framework can help reduce this stigma, increase privacy, and reduce barriers. So I would say there is also some potential of scalability and cost efficiency here. You know, for instance, there is just one psychiatrist looking towards an underserved rural area such an AI-driven mental health solution can be scaled to serve a large number of patients simultaneously, making mental health more cost-effective and accessible in the future. And this is the reason that I'm passionate about AI, and I'm passionate about how this can be not only taught to our clinicians, our patients, and then learn as we go. I feel we are in a very exciting phase for AI and mental health. I absolutely agree with you. And as much as excitement going on, I know that it's so much depression. Actually, I heard the other day, you know, we almost live in like in an epidemic or pandemic, whatever we want to call in yeah. terms of mental health and uh, depression. And it's a huge challenges in the society. So how artificial intelligence model in a simple way or maybe data driven insight can help us here? Again, a great question. And, you know, this is something I can go on and talk about. So you may want to restrain me. But you're right. Treatment-resistant depression is a huge challenge in our society. A lot of this has just been 
unveiled in the pandemic. It was existing pre-pandemic, but right now with the shortage of clinicians, with the pandemic stress, we are just seeing this right now. There are studies that are coming out looking into precision psychiatry. So I do feel that data-driven insights has the capacity to analyze large data sets of patient information, something that humans cannot just do as a one or two thing. I think this is where AI can be leveraged. It can generate insights. It can give us effective treatment options, and we can look at evidence-based decisions. See, mental health providers can also use AI to predict patient outcomes. We can adjust our plans. We can look into genetics. We can look into duplicate treatments, and we can avoid doing that. So when a patient comes to see us, we are better equipped to treat them. Continuous learning algorithms, continuous improvement can also be learned from new data. Adopt that as you're treating the patient and constantly evolve, ensuring that as the technology evolves, we are also getting increasingly effective because ultimately it's about the patients. So any new treatment should be accessible to them right away, not that they have to wait for very failed treatments, two or three failed treatments for them to go to the one that is really going to help them. Absolutely. And I know that you actually describe a lot in your upcoming book, Artificial Intelligence and Medicine. And uh, you as an author, you put a lot of information and, you know, we all, we wrote as a 15 physicians and collaborating and putting that book forward where we want to help patients. We want to help caregivers. We want to help community. Can you tell us why did you decide to go forward, you know, with the book? Why this specific book is so important and so different from all other artificial intelligence books? Great question. And again, thank you, Dr. Schaefer, for this opportunity as well, because you are the one who has really helmed this book and inspired 15 physicians, women, all of us, and given us the strength to put forward our clinical stories. So why is this book important? Why? Because this is a personal book for each physician looking into their 20 years of experience, 30 years of experience clinically, and thoughtfully now thinking about how AI can be leveraged. So these are stories, these are challenges, these are personal growths that have been shared by me and my fellow physicians, learning retrospectively of what our field could have been when we were training, as well as now doing a deep dive into the current treatment evidence for AI, and then looking into the evolution of AI. So particularly for me, why this was important is that as a psychiatrist, I'm very careful about the ethical and privacy concerns of my patients. So I do feel that AI in mental health care, we have to be important about data security, inequity, biases in algorithms, and a need for human oversight. My thinking for this book was that AI should complement, not replace human clinicians, because the human element of care in all fields is crucial, especially in a relationship of a psychiatrist and a patient. But in my book, I also talk about the risks of, let's say, an AI-enabled bot giving unethical and insensitive advice to a vulnerable patient, thus can cause more harm than good. Since it's an evolving technology, I feel there needs to be a constant reinforcement and guardrails around ethical issues. And in that lens, I have written this book, as well as written about how AI can be leveraged, can be scaled and help the greater good. Thank you very much. And we are so excited because it definitely, as far as I learned, it's the first book that actually written physicians, 15 physicians from 15 plus subspecialties, because most of them not only double board and maybe even 
triple board certified. So thank you for all this information. And of course, we can tell that continuous learning and improvement is very important. So how would you describe or maybe give a message to other physicians or to the community about continuous learning, AI algorithms, and so on? You know, great question again. And again, to talk about the book, one of the main attractions for me personally to work on this project was the opportunity to collaborate with these brilliant minds and to learn about their fields, to learn about what's happening in their field clinically, as well as looking at a way to how they are enhancing this in their fields and to look at their stories. Now, you're talking about how we can sort of look at an example, let's say, of using AI in an integrated care and how that we can leverage that in an example format. So we can, you know, let's look at a patient. Let's say we can call him patient A. He's seeing a primary care, Dr. Smith. And Dr. Smith has these AI technologies that he doesn't have to really reinvent it. He can identify the risk level of the patient. He can then get this patient referred to a mental health specialist. He can then help a treatment-driven recommendation. And with continuous AI monitoring, this system will also track patients' A mental health progress between appointments. So this will analyze data from wearable devices, smartphone apps, self-reported mood assessments, and then also look at enhanced medication management that I talked about. So I do feel that if you just look at this example as just one example amongst many, if we integrate this into healthcare, into the whole lens of healthcare, then population health, personalized health, precision health, as I discussed before, will ultimately help improve the patient and their well-being. Can you share one practical example, what it looks like in practice? Yeah, absolutely. Just as I mentioned about this patient A. So let's say that he comes up and then he has severe psychiatric issues. We have these scales such as PHQ-9s and GAD-7s, but they are cumbersome to use. Not because they are not effective. It's because it requires a human entry every single time, both from the patient angle and the clinician angle. Let's say there is a better way to do this. You know, perhaps there are AI models that can, you know, language... uh, interpret and that can easily interpret what the patient's symptoms are into a scale format. That helps immediately to stratify the patient's risk, high risk, medium risk, or low risk. Based on that, the PCP or let's say a psychiatrist can devise treatment plans for this patient A, and then patient A can continuously also help in this process by recording his responses or her responses, such as their mood questionnaires, such as how they are doing in terms of the PHQ-9 and G87. Maybe there are certain alerts when both the patient as well as the clinician get the information that this patient is not doing well and immediate responses can therefore be offered. This is happening right now in the integrated care model, but not as efficiently as if we would have certainly AI-driven models because this will take away the administrative burden from the clinician and the patient. And I think this is where the leveraging and scalability of these models really have a promise. And you mentioned about integrated care. Can you describe what is it applicable in psychiatry so then we can translate to other um, area of medical subspecialties? 
you know, I think integrated care is probably going to be or is rather the hub of medicine. Primary care is the hub. You know, this is where patients feel most comfortable talking about. This is their first stop. So a good primary care clinician can really help with the right kind of tools, sort of channel these patients to the right kind of subspecialty, whether it's psychiatry, whether it's oncology, whether it's rheumatology, endocrinology or what have you. But the primary care is an overworked person right now. You know, you talked about the physicians leaving practice because they're constantly seeing patients. They don't have time to document. They don't have time to breathe. So this is where I feel you have AI-driven solutions, whether these are scales, whether there are documentations that you can do, whether there are ways that that can actually enhance the clinician's thinking and help divert these patients to the appropriate referral systems. But it wouldn't just stop there you would still have AI-driven solutions finding the right kind of person for this patient, whether it's geographic area, maybe patient preference, location, insurance. And then you have an AI-driven solution to ensure that the compliance has been met. The patient has really gone for this appointment or this is the actual outcome of this appointment. And then the loop comes back to the primary care. In my case, such as a psychiatrist, if the patient is doing well, I would say, look, I think I'm going to return the patient back to you for maintenance now. And this patient can now continue to also monitor their progress. If anything goes wrong, there is a line that they can come right back to me. So that loop, I think, will help so many of our patients having a hub, knowing when to reach which specialty, why, and having somebody direct them and giving them those tools. For me, I feel like if somehow healthcare really invests into these kinds of models more, there are such models. But as I said, they are cumbersome to implement. There's a lot of documentation. There's a lot of healthcare insurance, payer models, value-based care, all of that. I think AI can certainly make these solutions easy by providing those kinds of framework. I absolutely love how you describe about loop mechanism because that's exactly loop mechanism could be implemented a different aspect, different subspecialty, even in business. So we know yeah. that it's a lot of physicians right now participating and helping other stakeholders develop the variety of technology. And with that, I would like to ask, what is the most rewarding aspect of your career so far? You know, as a psychiatrist, as a doctor, and I'm sure you've answered this also, everything is a personal story. But, you know, I really feel that being a psychiatrist allows me to witness my patients making progress and recovering from their mental health conditions. You know, seeing somebody going from a place of utter distress, utter disability to stability and to well-being is incredibly gratifying. Ultimately, I think the profound positive changes that you facilitate in the lives of others and also the learning that you may offer your patients, your loved ones, your clinical colleagues, that gives you fulfillment to do better in this field. You know, I, I really remember one of my OCD patients who was in a very distraught state and the right intervention, when I talk about the loop, the right intervention gave him the right tools, the right techniques, and he's doing much better. So I do see this fascinating work, you know, and I, I feel privileged that I'm, you know, in this position that I can help people. And I want to use this platform to really help people and to constantly learn as well. That is uh, very, very helpful. And uh, I also want to ask that I remember in the beginning when we just met, you share one of the story. I think you were involved in... Um, 
the actually 9-11, I think, in New York. And I was involved in that as a second year resident. And I have talked about this in the book and how it has shook me and how that has even tailored like my response towards psychiatry and how the humanity angle was so, you know, bereft and it was so evident at that point in time and the helplessness. And I actually talk about this and then I sort of in the book, you know, think about what if there were any AI-driven models at that point in time? What if there are for disaster psychiatry in the future? You know, how would things be different in terms of the disaster response? And I feel like this has been a very strategic as well as a very kind of like defining moment in my career because at that point in time, being in the inpatient unit at St. Luke's Roosevelt, you know, in New York, we all collectively felt grief the patients, the clinicians, the nurses, the healthcare folks. And there was this unanimity that bound all of us. One of it was the theme of helplessness, but the other was also resilience. And I do think that these two things are diametrically opposite, but are actually the same. Helplessness gives you resilience and vice versa. So I do feel that that story and now thinking about it in terms of, you know, just retrospectively, what kind of treatments, what kind of strategies could have been deployed at that point in time had we had that AI knowledge is where I sort of speculate in the book. And uh, my sincere sympathy. And of course, once you start speaking, I almost had the goosebumps because we do involve in these extreme situations. And the tools that we have available today, we really need to utilize very wisely. We all know it's uh, all kinds of things happening across the world. So all of this, you involved and you're expert. And I really want to congratulate you how you went forward and how you emphasize that actually helpless develop resistance. And you do so much work um, helping the community, helping patients, and uh, also such a big advocate. How do you use your opportunities to help others through your work? You know, that's again a great question. And I think I am just starting in this process. Although I have done 20 years of clinical work, I do want to use a platform to educate patients myself and other mental health clinicians, again, to leverage AI, especially through the lens of diversity and inclusion. I do come from a country where there is such a stigma and so many barriers for women, for uh, cultural barriers against mental health. So this is an opportunity for me to help break those cultural barriers and to be inclusive of the underrepresented, the marginalized population, you know, who do not want to seek treatment due to stigma. I've also recently opened a private practice on the side and a website, which I want to say that I want to make it universal, the website, which is that I want to start writing blogs, newsletters, discussing mental health issues, the cutting edge technologies, treatment research and algorithms. My plan is, as I learn, I'm going to make it more accessible to people, whether it's clinicians, whether it's patients. But as the field evolves, I want to make it a site of learning. I want to make it a site of resource. And again, the goal is that if somebody learns from this and their life improves, then that's gratifying. That's the only thing that will really be the most gratifying thing. Thank you very much. And with that, how the audience can connect with you? Very good question. I do have a website right now and they can connect with me directly on the website. Again, as I said that, yes, it's a private practice website, but it can also be for consultancy, 
for questions, for any other concerns they may have, my website, as you have described it, is www.swapnawaidea.com. And any messages that you can send me through the website is a way to communicate with me. And I look forward to interacting, you know, to kind of answer some questions, perhaps to help some patients along the way, but also, as I said, to be a resource of knowledge. Thank you very much. It has been so helpful and we really wish you success and congratulate how you step forward helping the community and we wish you all the best in new endeavors as well as please come back and tell us in the future how things progressing and how we can support each other. And with that, I really urge all audience, please connect with uh, Dr. Swapna Vaidya. And yep. she has a website and she's also on social media. And yes. uh, please uh, ask us questions, share a story, and uh, we love to connect with you. Thank you very much, Dr. Vaidya. Thank you so much, Dr. Schaefer. You've been an inspiration all along, and I'm really grateful that our paths crossed. That was such a great conversation with uh, Dr. Vaidya. Thank you for being with us on the Dr. Connect show. If you are interested where your passion and expertise align, go to the website www.thedoctorconnect.com and check an assessment. And remember, if you want what I call organic bravery that helps you in daily decisions and push to be a better person and make a real difference, then let us know. Maybe you would like to share a story or have a conversation. And remember, keep learning, stay brave, and we'll see you in the next time on the Dr. Connect Show. Thanks for listening to the Dr. Connect Podcast, where we bring you new episodes two times every month. Is your passion and expertise aligned? Take the proprietary brand assessment to help you discover where you are and what actions you need to take to align your passion and expertise to enhance your career legacy and bring revenue it only takes five minutes and could have a huge impact on your life if you like what you heard today reach out leave a comment or review and subscribe wherever you get your podcast and don't forget to share the doctor connect with your network so others can benefit too you can also join dr schaefer on her television show on abc 15 and if you'd like to be a guest on the show or have a question for dr schaefer send an email to info at thedoctorconnect.com or visit the website thedoctorconnect.com. Until next time, thanks for listening to The Doctor Connect.